Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another Sunday message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Melvin Gaines. Uh, this message is going to be for Sunday, September the 18th. It's a continuation of the series uh, in Maturity in Christ, and the title of the message is For the Love of Jesus. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've given to us to now sit quietly and hear you speak to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we could not be anything like what you would have us to be without the help, the guidance, and the assistance of the Spirit. We thank you for the teaching. We thank you for how you just move us towards you and give us the desire to seek after you more and more. Lord, we want to be of service to you. We want to be beneficial to you but lord we ask that you teach us we need to be taught we need to hear from you we need to hear words of encouragement every now and then because of the world that we live in and we thank you lord for responding to our prayers we thank you for strengthening our faith as we go forward and lord we just want to look to you and not look at any distractions that will keep us from focusing on who you are and what you mean to us Bless us and keep us now, Lord. We give you thanks and we give you praise. In Jesus' precious name, amen. How much does your peace of mind matter when you have a reliable car mechanic? If something needs to be done to fix your car, or if you need to buy some tires, if you can't patch the one you have anymore, or if you need an oil change, your mechanic can do all of these things. My dad taught me a long time ago how to change a tire if it went flat, and I passed on that same knowledge uh, to my children as well. But after that, that's about it for me. I was happy to use the services of my friend Jim Amer at West Hill Marathon in Akron, Ohio, and I used his services for over 30 years. 30 years. Some of you may know Jim. He recently retired uh, after selling his business at the corner of West Market Street and Merriman Road. Jim was the quintessential honest mechanic. He could fix your car outright, or he could get it back on the road if that needed to be done at a very reasonable price. He hired a number of mechanics that were very knowledgeable and followed his lead. Jim ran his business with integrity, and I was one of his many, many loyal customers. Jim loved his job. He loved fixing cars. He loved servicing his customers. He loved everything about it, and he was very, very good at what he did. When you're doing a job like he was for so long, you have to love what you do. Loving something requires a passion to do a job and do it well. There are a lot of very good auto mechanics out there, but there are a select few that are great at what they do. The great ones love what they do. One of the greatest gifts you could ever receive is to be able to do a job and love doing it. Yes, it's still work, but you look forward to the next day of work like that and the next day and every day thereafter because there is the challenge of helping people to get where they have to go. So why is it that we can love something like a job or maybe even binge watch a television program, or even watch the Browns play a football game, but we still struggle in a very important area of love, our love for Jesus. 
Now let's be very clear here. It is okay for you to love to do things in your life, but when someone mentions Jesus and having a love relationship with him, does it now get a little weird for you? Now, we're part of a church that preaches the word of God. We're going to speak about the importance of loving Jesus Christ because that's exactly what God wants us to do. We do it a number of ways, but it all comes back to delivering God's truth and making it relatable to the listener. We understand what love is from our own perspective, but is it the right perspective? We're going to explore this, and we also need to know more about God and how, how we are to love him. Why do we need to know this? Because God loves you. He wants you to love him. He wants a love relationship with you. He wants it so much that he shows you what he means and how he loves us through his word. Now, I want to talk plainly about how we use the word love and challenge us as we continue to mature in our faith and in our relationship with Jesus on how to become more and more in love with him. And yes, gentlemen, that includes you. Amen. If you say that you already love the Lord and that you don't need to go through this exercise, well, I'm going to extend to you words of caution. Be careful. Please turn your Bibles and electronic devices to 1 John chapter 4. Let's take a look at verses 20 and 21. 1 John chapter 4, verses 20 and 21. Now I'll be reading from a couple of different versions today. One, This will be from the New Living Translation. We'll also look at passages from the English Standard Version. But I want you to pick up Follow along in your version and pick up what is being said here in 1 John chapter 4, verses 20 and 21. Verse 20, if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. So we're going to start here and declare some truths about how God loves us, each and every one of us, by the way, and see how it is helpful in this essay to look not at just the words, but the depth of God, that depth of love that God has for us, the depth of love that he has for us. And he has that depth of love for us before we did anything to deserve it. If you're still there in 1 John chapter 4, slip, uh, slip back to verse 16. I'm going to read 16b, which is the second part of verse 16. 1 John 4, 16b. And it says, God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Same chapter, go back to verses 9 and 10. 1 John 4, verses 9 and 10. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. 
This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Of course, John wrote about the love of God for all of us in all of his letters. And the most recognizable verse that we all are familiar with speaks of the depth of his love. Go to John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Many of you may already have this verse memorized, but let's take a look at it and recite it together as we look at the words. And just look at the depth of love that God has for us. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God loves us so much that he gave us Jesus as our human sinless sacrifice because he cares for our very existence and wants us to have eternal life with him. He wants us to spend our lifetime on earth with him and our afterlife with him forever. His love is eternal. Can you grasp the breadth, the depth, and the width of this? Look at how Paul speaks about it. Take a look quickly, please, at Ephesians chapter 3. Let's look at verses 14 through 19. Still in the New Living Translation, Ephesians 3, uh, verses 14 through 19. Starting at verse 14, this is Paul speaking. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. That's a beautiful passage. When you fully understand where Paul is coming from here, what we just read, and look at how much Jesus loves you, it will cause you to fall on your knees. And the words worship and praise will freely flow from your lips. Amen. The love from God that we referred to in John 3.16 is commonly referred to as agape love. Agape, A-G-A-P-E, in the English version. It comes from the Greek word agapao, A-G-A-P-A-O, agapao, agapao. I'll say that quickly three times. The description of God's love for us appears 142 times in the King James Bible. 
Agape love has evolved to a place where it describes the defining love that God has for the world, namely every person he created. He loves us. Now, when we dig into the use of agapao in scripture, we're going to run into a dilemma in a similar manner that we have with the word love within our own English language. If we were to put our Bible scholar caps on, we would find that after studying the Greek language, and as we discover more Greek manuscripts, we would see that the Greek language is about the same as other languages as far as how words were defined. For example, agapao also describes the love that Jesus refers to in Luke chapter 6, verse 32, when describing how sinners are loving other sinners. Take a look at that passage. Go to Luke chapter 6, verse 32. Now, this will be from the English Standard Version that I'm going to be reading. Luke 6, verse 32. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. Now, those are Jesus' words. Agapao is also the term used by the Jewish elders about the centurion when speaking to Jesus about him in Luke chapter 7, verse 5. Flip over to Luke 7, verse 5. Luke 7, verse 5 says, For he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. Now, you can see that this can be a little disconcerting when we compare these verses to agapao in John 3.16. Now, this is in no way, shape, or form an issue pertaining to the inerrancy of God's word. God's word is inerrant. There's been no changes here whatsoever to what is being conveyed here. This is all about context. Context. What is helpful for this exercise is to draw back a little and look at the meaning of the English word love and its different representations here. Here's a sentence, a statement. I love my wife with all my heart. I love my children even though they drive me crazy. I love hanging out with my friends from college. I love a galley boy and a coney dog from Swenson's. All of these expressions of love have different contextual meanings. We also know that there are different ways to express love in English that are captured in the Greek words eros for romantic or sexual love, storge for familial love, and philia for friendship. The English word love is used in each of these instances and is used freely with the understanding of context. Now, in order to make the distinction of these characteristics with godly love, we need to use adjectives to give even greater context. Agapeo needs the same help here as well. Agape love, in order to convey God's love for us, requires the phrase tu theu, T-O-U, T-H-E-O-U, that's two words, to Theo, which means of God. Now we're getting somewhere. We can camp in the place where John the Baptist referred to Jesus as amnos to Theos, or 
Lamb of God. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 1. Let's take a look at verses 29 through 36. We're going to just read through the passage, and we're going to see the use of how John the Baptist spoke about Jesus. John chapter 1, verses 29 through 36. Again, from the New Living Translation, verse 29, John chapter 1. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Verse 32, then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. And then go to verse 35. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and said and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. When we use the term agape love, we are referring to a quality of love that is tied to the supreme divinity as described in Strong's Dictionary when we look at these words. Supreme divinity of the one and only Jesus who takes away the sins of the world. As we read more about Jesus, this agape love of the highest integrity and quality is tied directly to his character. We see early on in the Gospel of John that his love is reflected in his compassion for his people. That is the type of love that we must emulate on behalf of Jesus to the world. More than Eros love, more than Storge love, more than Philia love. All of these are good, but loving Jesus means living and understanding all of these types of relationships and now building upon them as we live the love of Christ in all of this and even more. Jesus calls us to go beyond our own reasoning and understanding as we love even the unlovable. Take a look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 and 44. It's easy to love your spouse. It's easy to love your friends. It's even easy in some cases, I say in some cases, to love your family. But Jesus calls us to go beyond that. We're talking about love. Matthew 5, verses 43 and 44. You have heard that the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Amen. This type of love in our own flesh is impossible without the Holy Spirit. It's impossible without the Spirit. What, we have, lear what have we learned so far about loving Jesus to this point? Well, I trust that you can see that loving Jesus is not a natural thing that you can do unless the Holy Spirit is present. Our flesh, our selfish desires are contrary to the things of the Spirit. 
Go to Galatians 5, and let's look at verses 16 and 17. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. Verse 16, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Amen. That's a perfect description of what we have to go through in our efforts to just have a little more faith, a little more love, a little more receptiveness to who Jesus Christ is in our lives. We have learned about love only on our own terms in life based upon our own life experiences. Now, this is why some of us are very good with interpersonal relationships, while others struggle in them. Relationships that are healthy will reflect healthy love relationships. Dysfunctional relationships will reflect unhealthy love. Our life experience can effectuate how you feel about Jesus because of the success or failures in our own human relationships. This is where we must now look at love from the perspective of Jesus. He is our ultimate teacher, amen? He teaches us how to love him, and in turn, teaches us how to love others as well. He tells us about love and how to love in his word, in scripture. He is teaching us how to love him and love others. Our flesh makes it difficult to remain consistent in loving Jesus and in loving his ways. We need to remain consistent, but we need to also be taught now how to go about how to love other people as we overcome our own fleshly desires. If we're good students, he helps us within our good human relationships to make them even better. And he's going to show us how he can fix the difficult relationships we have with others and improve them. His sanctifying power makes the difference. Let me ask you a quick question. Are you praying for better relationships in your life? Are you praying for a better relationship with Jesus Christ? He responds to your prayers. If you're not praying for those things, don't expect a whole lot. Amen? Take a look real quick at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. 2 Timothy 2, verse 21. Believers are called to set themselves apart and make sure that they're doing everything that they can do to stay honorable before God in order that you can honor God. Look at what it says here in 2 Timothy 2, verse 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, 
ready for every good work. Now, we have to be taught about how God's agape love, we have to be taught about it in order to better understand Jesus, better understand him and our own love relationships. Take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7, please. 1 Corinthians 13, it's a very familiar chapter, um, verses 4 through 7. Jesus sometimes has to give us these words, these scriptures here, to remind us of what love truly is. And it's not what we think it is, but what we want to project according to how Jesus reflects what it is. 1 Corinthians 13, starting at verse 4, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. When we take the flesh out of it, love is completely different than what we're used to, frankly. God teaches us by showing us how he loves us. 1 John 4, 19 says, We love because he first loved us. He loved us and had compassion for us from the very beginning. And even before that, if you can believe that, before that, what was the very beginning? When he created man. When he created this world that we read about in Genesis chapter 1. But take a look at what it says in Ephesians chapter thir- chapter 1, excuse me, verses 3 through 8. Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 8. A fascinating passage, in my opinion. Fascinating. When we talk about how much God loves us, this passage begins to describe how much he loves us. Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 8. This is also the New Living Translation. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Wow. Verse 5. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Amen. Have to sit and think about that for a moment. He loved us before we were even created, before we were ever conceived. Every one of us who is here, he loves us that much. His love for us is selfless. He gave of himself for us. 
Flip over to Romans chapter 5, verses 8 through 11. Romans 5, verses 8 through 11. Romans 5, verses 8 through 11, starting with verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Amen. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because of our Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. How do we love God? There is one obvious way that goes beyond our mere feelings. We must trust and obey in his word. John chapter 14, verse 15, very clearly says, If you love me, obey my commandments. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. You can turn to that, please. We can follow along together. 1 John 5, verse 3. Loving God does require action on our part. It's about being obedient to his word. 1 John 5, verse 3 says, For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. His commandments, the things that he gives to us, he tells us these things because they're good for us. They're not a burden. When Jesus says, My burden is easy and my yoke is light, he means that. Satan wants to tell you something completely different. So just keep that in mind. Exodus 23, verse 22, says, But if you carefully obey his voice and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. There's something that comes with your being obedient to God's word. He's going to look after you. He's going to keep you and protect you. Take a look, please, at Jeremiah 7. One more verse. Jeremiah 7, verse, uh, chapter, chapter 7, verse 23. Excuse me. Jeremiah 7, 23. Jeremiah 7, 23. But this command I gave them, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the way that I command you, that it may well be well with you. Now, of course, we're referring to obedience to Jesus Christ and his word, but understand something. Old Testament, New Testament, doesn't matter. The same principle is there. Obey God's words, and he will look after you. The Holy Spirit is our teacher that helps us to learn more about the love of Jesus. Go to Job chapter 32, and let's look at verse 8. Job 32, verse 8. We are learning because of the Spirit. The Spirit is teaching us. He is our teacher. In order for us to learn more about how to love Jesus, the Spirit has to teach us and show us. And the Spirit will indeed help us. 
Job 32, verse 8. But there is a spirit within people, the breath of the Almighty within them, that makes them intelligent. He's going to teach us. We're going to grow and learn from his teaching about love. Love in our life, the love of Jesus as well, too. This perfect love from God gives us greater ability to love as he loves us. May we be better students of the Bible and his word and learn more about loving Jesus and loving others as he loves us. May he increase our faith more and more in his love. Learn how to love Jesus. Learn from him. Put your pride aside. Focus on Jesus Christ and grow in your relationship with him. Amen? Father, we thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you for showing us how you indeed love us. The depth of your love. The breadth of your love. The height of your love. Far beyond what we could ever conceive of or imagine. Lord, but we thank you for that love. We want to love you more and more. We want to grow in our relationship with you. We want to be able to see and hear the words that you give to us and apply them actively as we look to you and focus on serving you. Lord, you are worthy of praise. You are worthy of worship. And we thank you for loving us before we even knew what the word love was. Thank you for helping us in this area, Lord. We sometimes need your help through the power of the Spirit. We're at war with the flesh all the time. Help us, Lord, to be overcomers as you have promised to us. Overcomers of the flesh that we can indeed serve you and do so in a capable manner, in a way that honors you. Bless us and keep us, Lord. We give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. We appreciate you being here for this Sunday message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church and for anyone else who joins us. Feel free to share the word about us, akronalliance.org, or come to our Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page and see all of our content, both live and recorded. We appreciate you being here. Take care of yourselves. God bless you. We'll see you next time.